We are not meant to be this ideal that society portrays. We are meant to be how we are. And we fight against that because society tells us that this kind of appearance, this kind of look, this kind of body shape is what's beautiful when every single body, every single look, every single face is beautiful. Hi and hello everyone. I hope you are all doing well. Welcome back to One for the Road, your one-stop shop self-development podcast where literally anything is possible. We talk about just about anything and by we, I mean me, me, myself, and I. I am very grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that however your week or day is going, that it continues smoothly and that if you're having a hard week, it gets better. And if you're having a great week, I hope it continues like that because we all deserve to have some good weeks. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you know, things were rough, things were a little difficult, but things are looking up. So I will take that. Things are going well. Even with classes being kind of crazy and it being midterm season, I've been able to find some really nice stillness and routines that have helped ground me in the chaos that I was kind of dealing with over the last month. And man, oh man, am I grateful for it. It is so nice to finally just feel comfortable in myself again and to start recognizing myself. And I know that sounds really strange. Uh, Why wouldn't I recognize myself? But I mean that more on a like spiritual level, which I know some people don't resonate with that, but I mean more so of feeling feeling like myself and feeling like I have a purpose and a drive and a mission and a reason to what I'm doing. So I fortunately am feeling much more in touch with myself. And for me personally, I find that comfort in routine and being able to do things that bring me joy and that ground me and really help connect me to my day into the present moment because I get very disoriented really easily. I can disconnect from reality (laughs) and daydream all the time. And while that can be really great because I have a pretty colorful imagination and it definitely feeds my creativity, it can also be a little distracting and make it difficult to feel centered and provoke some anxiety. So I'm very grateful for that. I've been wanting to discuss today's episode for a really long time and I've actually recorded this about a month ago, but I didn't feel like I was able to fully say what I wanted to say. I've been really nervous to record this, but I want to record it because it's a topic that needs to be spoken about and needs to have conversations on it. And we need to talk about this kind of stuff because there are so many of us that deal with this, but the less that we talk about it, the more alone we feel and nobody should feel alone in any sort of struggle that they're experiencing, especially when we know that there are other people out there who are having the same kind of hardships. If you couldn't tell by today's title already, I'm going to be talking about bodies, (laughs) more specifically about body dysmorphia, body neutrality, the self-love movement, all that kind of stuff. I will advise uh, beforehand that if you are sensitive to conversations on eating disorders and on body image, anything of that kind of sort, you might want to skip this episode. I want to respect anybody who has those kind of struggles because I do personally and I have really put in a lot of boundaries this past year to avoid that and to avoid any triggers that I used to indulge in because I felt like I was strong enough to deal with it, but in reality, we're actually feeding some really bad habits and mindsets. So if you need to skip this episode, please do. I don't ever want to make anyone uncomfortable. 
you do you do what's best for you you need to look out for yourself so if you need to skip it do it i promise you that there will be another episode next week and there's plenty more episodes that i've already done in the past to listen to rather than this one but if you choose to stay welcome and please respect the space as a safe space because nobody should feel uncomfortable in their body or in their story like I said, I've been really nervous to talk about this because it is very close to my heart and I want to be open and honest and vulnerable because that is what One for the Road is. It's a podcast that's not supposed to highlight all the highs in life or provide you with the best advice so that you can become your best self. It is, but it's not solely that. My mission with this podcast is to raise awareness to topics that happen to all of us, all the universal hardships that we don't speak about because they are categorized as taboos. I want to bring light to those topics and also speak out about things that aren't really spoken much out about because we need to. We need to bring awareness to certain things and we need to be there for each other, even to strangers, so that we can recognize that we aren't really separate individuals. We are an entire community that are all experiencing quite similar experiences, but we don't talk about it so we don't know. So, if you choose to stay, please respect the space that we are creating. I want it to be a safe space. I want it to be a space where everybody feels comfortable to listen and to even speak out hopefully one day. Um, I really hope that eventually I'll be able to have some of you guys on the podcast and be able to play like some voice memos or something so that you guys can get involved in the conversation. So please respect the space and also recognize that you are entirely worthy of everything. This topic is a really sensitive one for a lot of people and I know that it can be really hard to listen to and to discuss and to also compare. It's really easy to compare yourself to somebody else's experience but remember that your experience is just as valid. I know I have completely degraded the validity of my own experience in the past for years and years and have only recently recognized that my hardships and my struggles with my body are completely valid and completely normal and not even just normal. It's kind of unfortunate that they are normal, but that I am not alone. So please, please recognize that you are worthy of everything and I'm very excited to be talking to you about this topic today because I'm very passionate about it, if you can't tell. I want to give a little bit of background on my personal experience with my body. I've had a pretty tumultuous relationship with my body pretty much since I was like 13, you know, becoming a teenager. I feel like that's a, a relatively average age for a lot of people because that was when I got social media. That was when I got on Instagram Sorry, mom, if you are listening to this, I apologize. I was not supposed to be on Instagram at 13, but nonetheless, I did it. However, prior to that, I was a relatively happy child. Like, I wore what I wanted to wear with confidence and with pride. I was a fairly active kid. I loved biking. I loved playing outside, getting in the dirt. I was definitely, like, an outdoors kid. I would join my mom on hikes when I could or go with friends. And around, I want to say, like maybe nine, I began competitive swimming. So I swam like no other and I loved it. I would spend a majority of my time outside of school doing swimming. I had tried like several other organized sports beforehand, like soccer, ballet, and something else within that mix. But I quit it after like a month for each of them because I just was not a fan of any form of organized sports or exercise. 
but swimming stuck with me and I actually got into swimming because of an American Girl doll movie. I completely forget the name of the actual American Girl doll, but she did inspire me to do competitive swimming and I did that for a really long time and I thrived in it. I would spend literally every hour outside of school swimming, so I had absolutely no social life. All of my friends were in the swim team who also went to different schools and I could eat anything. I literally could down a foot long at 10 years old and I could still be hungry afterwards. I would have two double cheeseburgers from McDonald's or a foot long from Subway. I would have seconds of platefuls of food for dinner. I could just down food and I didn't have any care. I didn't care what I was consuming. I didn't have any feelings towards my body that were negative nor positive. I just did like any child. I just existed and That's definitely a mindset that I wish I carried with me throughout the entirety of my life, but unfortunately, that didn't last after I got social media and when I went through some puberty changes like many people. I really started having a lot of body insecurities when I moved from Maine to Asheville in middle school, so I started my sixth grade year there down south, and I wore Justice. If anybody remembers Justice, that was pretty much a majority of my wardrobe. Like that, that store was my wardrobe. And there's this white and teal shirt that had like a glitter sequined tie on it that I remember wearing with so much pride to school, only to realize that all the kids in my sixth grade class like didn't wear that. They wore Abercrombie and Fitch and I felt a lot of pressure to start conforming to what other people were wearing and to start becoming more conscious about my body because I started to notice more comments about my body. Boys when I would swim were commenting how I had a mustache at what 13? Like really young and that's obviously very normal. It's just upper lip hair. Not dark at all but you know when you're in the water and hair gets wet, it gets darker typically. Um, This is such a weird route, but I just started getting a lot of comments on my body. I was told that my arms were really pudgy, that my legs were really pudgy too. I had a lot of friends who were relatively smaller than I was, and I was by no means overweight, like not at all. I was a very fit kid, like I was just bigger boned, I guess you could say. I had curves at a younger age than a lot of my friends, so I definitely carried a lot more than my uh, fellow classmates, but I was by no means an overweight or obese kid. But as I got into other sports like track and I dropped swimming and started to have boy crushes, that's when that came in. When I was in like seventh grade, I believe, is when I developed like my first really big crush. And that's when I started caring a lot about what I was wearing, what I looked like. I would like put on some makeup in the morning and wear clothes that I thought that this guy who was like one year older than me would like. And obviously I was also on social media at this time. And Instagram when I was 13 is not at all by any means near what it is today. And I don't use it today as I did then. When I first got it, I only followed people I knew, which were my classmates. I didn't follow celebrities for a really long time because I don't know why. I think I was just like, no, I don't know them personally. I can't follow them. But I only followed my friends and I just started to notice kind of like the likes that a lot of the really popular girls were getting on their photos, all the compliments that they were getting. And me being the very proactive, observing person that I am, started to notice those compliments and find a way that I could integrate that into me and myself and the way that I was. Now come high school, good old high school, I spent a year and a half 
down south going to high school there before I ended up moving back to Maine and you know things were relatively fine like I just did what I did I still ate fast food and just was living my life obviously I was still kind of like conscious of my body but not near to what it eventually progressed to be I was just living my life I was doing color guards so I was fairly active and I would just hang out with friends and usually that involved going to like Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's and getting fried food and just just living. I just did my thing. And when I moved, that kind of changed a bit because I got very conscious again about the people that were around me because I was the new kid. I had transferred in the middle of my sophomore year, so everybody kind of already had their friends. And I was joining in the middle of the semester where everybody else kind of knew what they were doing. And I had to figure out who I was going to be friends with and how I was going to become their friends, how I was going to get involved with things. I ended up finding a lot of my friends through the theater program that my high school had. I was very fortunate to join a play like the semester that I had transferred and to meet a lot of people there and to start really tapping into my love for musical theater. In the fall of 2017, I ended up getting a lead in our fall musical, which was Ren. I was Joanne Jefferson, and that was really my my first experience of being kind of in the limelight and just being very conscious of how I looked, especially when it came to costumes. Again, I was by no means big. Like, I've always been fairly medium-built, I guess you could say. However, I didn't feel comfortable in my body. I didn't like the way that clothes fit me. They emphasize my hips, which are fairly wider and where a lot of my muscle and just skin in general sits. So when pants sit there, they just end up squeezing it. And I started to really dislike the way that my stomach was. I also really hated my thighs at the time. They were a huge insecurity for me, even though they weren't big by any means. For some reason, every time that I sat down, I thought that they would go from being in the center of the chair to every single corner and I just wanted to hide under all my clothes. I wore such baggy clothes and dark clothes and I just wanted to hide but I had a lead role and that definitely gave me some confidence. I then moved on to join show choir and that's where things kind of went south. Over this time period I just grew more and more conscious of my figure and I really wasn't being active at all outside of my uh, theater performances, and I don't know what exactly kind of triggered it, but I got really invested in health and wellness and started to learn about nutrition, about movement, and how I could better treat my body and had this inspiration to start eating better and to start working out after school. I became a vegetarian, completely changed my diet, stopped eating frozen foods, stopped eating processed foods, stopped eating out. I used to eat pizza at a local pizza place with friends just about like every other day after school, maybe a little bit less than that, but you know, just eating a lot of greasy fried food, processed food that isn't really great for you to suddenly consuming fruits and vegetables and whole grains It was a complete shift. It was a huge shift. And even after show choir rehearsals, I was working out. I started doing HIIT workouts. So really, really intense cardio workouts. And I loved it. I was thriving and I was really, really active for the first time since I had quit swimming in seventh grade. It had been multiple years, so I was definitely out of shape, but I was kind of putting my life back together and feeling really good about myself. My desire to get healthy wasn't necessarily driven by my craving to be thinner. 
at least not initially. It was simply to better myself and to start taking responsibility for what I was consuming and what I was doing and how I was spending my time. Unfortunately, though, it did progress into a more negative drive where I was doing it because I was punishing myself. I became very conscious about calories. I had learned about that and how you know, a certain number of calories can lead to weight gain and a certain number of calories can lead to weight loss. And I became obsessed with that and I became very, very, very conscious of it. I remember not eating breakfast and then for lunch only eating an apple. My stomach would be grumbling to the point where it was painful. I would complain about it, but I wouldn't do anything about it because I was like, no, I can't eat. Like, I can't, I can't do that. So I would spend the day hungry and then I would go to rehearsal, which if you know what show choir is, it is a lot of work. Um, it, you were singing and you were dancing and you were performing for about 20 minutes straight. So think about a cardio workout, but while singing <laughs> and with a lot more choreo and organization to it. And it was intense. And we would do that for two to three hours after school, about four days of the week. And it was a lot. And right after that, I would go home and I would proceed to do my workout, which was about an hour long of straight cardio. And then I would eat dinner. So I would eat something. I don't know how much, but I definitely became very conscious about my portions and about what was in my food. I felt very sensitive about pasta, about peanut butter, about butter anything that was fatty, anything that was carby, that was dense, that was pitched on social media as your stereotypical bad food. Which, by the way, disclaimer, there is no bad food. Those foods that I just mentioned are not bad by any means, and that was a huge misconception that I had. All of the information that I was learning was not actually factual by any means, but I trusted it because I just suddenly got into this drive of really wanting to be thinner. And I began tying my worth to my waistline. I did not know what I was doing at the time. I don't think anybody knew what I was doing at the time. I didn't lead with the intention to lose as much weight as I did within the months that I did this kind of routine. I ended up losing a lot, but I also ended up being in a very terrible mentality. And what I was doing to myself was not sustainable. But like I said, I did not know what I was doing. I developed a lot of really negative, hateful mindsets and thoughts and beliefs about myself that I feel so sorry for my past self to have believed them truly deep in my core. I thought that I was not deserving of all the things that I had earned and that I was not enough, even though I was pushing myself every single day to be the best that I could, at least in my mind, of what best was at that time, which was skinny productive, beautiful, all these things that are pitched to us in magazine ads, in magazines themselves, on social media. It was really unfortunate, honestly. I remember quite vividly, too, when I was having my senior pictures done in the fall of 2017, when we arrived to the arboretum that we were taking the photos at, which was on a beautiful coastal town. It was absolutely stunning. I felt so bad about how I looked. Like, I hated how I looked because I thought I was so bloated that the photos were going to come out and I was going to look fat. And I I want to take a moment here to say that I do not mean to use that word as a degrading word by any means. 
fat as an adjective has been used for way too many years to degrade and put women down. And it shouldn't be anymore. It doesn't need to be. So when I say that, I don't mean any harm. I'm simply stating what I thought. And at that time, I really hated myself because I thought that I looked fat. We ended up going out to dinner after the photos were done to this place that was on the coast that had a lot of seafood. I obviously am a vegetarian, so I didn't have any, but when I was looking at the menu, I was debating whether or not I was going to get a salad or if I was going to get pasta. And at this point, I was really hungry. I'd reached this point in my health journey where I couldn't really finish a majority of my workouts because I was just so lethargic. And there were so many warning signs of an eating disorder that were present that I, nor anyone that was around me, were recognizing, such as hair loss, being so exhausted that I couldn't get through workouts that even just like walking made me tired, I couldn't sleep, and just several other signs because I was pushing my body so hard without actually feeding it and fueling it. I was talking to my mom about debating whether or not I was going to get the pasta or get the salad, and I had mentioned a few times to her about how I was struggling to get through my workouts just because I was so exhausted, and she was like, well, because you're not feeding yourself enough, like, you're not eating enough, and that was really the first time that she intervened um, in that kind of aspect, and I I did end up going with the pasta, (laughs) but I remember, too, as I ate it, I just felt so guilty, and I think after, like, some small number of spoonfuls, like, five, maybe seven, like, fork twists of pasta, I was full. Like, so full to where if I ate another bite, I would puke. And it was a small number of of bites. Like, it was not a lot at all by any means, but I felt like I had eaten the entire bowl of pasta when in reality there was, like, two-thirds, maybe a half left. And that's really when I realized that I was not treating my body with respect and I was neglecting myself and depriving myself of the things that I actually needed. I took that opportunity, fortunately, to kind of start turning around and I did. I started eating more. I started to be more conscious about when I was tired. However, I started to also adapt binging habits because when you deprive your body for such a long time of what it needs, of food, your body suddenly goes into survival mode to where everything that you eat, it needs to save and it needs to store. And that is a part of the healing process. I know if you are going through that right now, please know that yes, that might be sound like a really intimidating part of the healing process and it might deter you from it because of your previous experiences with food and your sensitivity to it. But it is okay. It is something that you have to go through. It is a part of the healing process and it is also for the better and you're going to feel so much better. And I did. I started to feel a lot better. However, I also just generally developed a really unhealthy relationship with food and with my body. I developed body dysmorphia, which if you don't know what that is, that is essentially having a completely different idea of what your body looks like than what it actually is. So I would look at myself in the mirror and I thought I was huge. Like I thought I was a whale. I just felt terrible about myself. And I look back at photos of myself in those moments when I distinctly remember how I felt and how horrible I felt about myself. And I don't know why I felt that way because I was literally the skinniest that I have been since. It is really difficult to deal with body dysmorphia. And to feel like you don't even recognize your own body, that you won't ever really know 
what your body looks like because you have such a distorted understanding of it and I still deal with it. I still deal with sensitivities towards food and I still deal with body dysmorphia. Fortunately, it's gotten a lot better where I used to be very sensitive to those foods like peanut butter and pasta, the things that I mentioned beforehand, desserts, sweets, sugars, all that kind of stuff that you would traditionally label as unhealthy, even though everything is completely fine within reason. I was really sensitive to those foods and I tried to eat them, but I would end up binging on them because I would restrict myself and I was in a very restricted, limited mindset. And that is honestly not a great way uh, to think and not a great mindset to be in because it's not sustainable when you, like I said, deprive yourself of something, your body's going to want it more. So it's best not to think that way. However, that's how I approached it. I knew that if I was going to maintain my body, then I needed to restrict myself from things and that obviously kicked me in the butt. It ended up being the complete opposite where I deprived myself of something or neglected myself of something and then in a time of vulnerability when I really felt terrible about myself, I would indulge in that thing and then I would feel even worse and it was this constant cycle and I started using exercise as a way of punishment, as a way to burn off the calories, the extra calories that I consumed and that's just, none of it was sustainable by any means. It was a very destructive way of living, a very destructive mindset and something I never ever recommend to anyone. If you are going through any of this, please reach out to a friend, please reach out to a professional. I know how intimidating it can be to be open to be vulnerable and to talk about this kind of stuff, but it is important that you do because your well-being is so important. And there are people out there who can help you with real tools that can help you figure out why you think certain ways and why you believe certain things and really help you heal in a way that will be supportive and that will get you back to a really good place. So please, if you are dealing with any of this, reach out to a medical professional, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member. You are not alone. I know how hard it can be, but you are not alone. People are here to love you and to support you. It took me a long time to open up myself. I think the first person that I really opened up to about my experience with my body and with food and all of my past struggles was Avery. And I am so grateful and so fortunate to have a partner who is as understanding as he is and who has been so supportive as I've gone through my hardships because he's witnessed moments where I have a breakdown because of food or where I've had a breakdown because of my body and have gone into a deep pit because of it. And he's helped lift me out of that. And I'm very grateful to have that support. One of my biggest steps to becoming more comfortable with my body was really trying to understand self-love and the body positivity movement. And that was really focused on making sure that my social media feed really was diverse and wasn't full of women that made me feel bad about myself. I took a lot of time to go through the people that I was following and really feel whether or not they were helping me in my healing journey and whether or not that imagery was going to be supportive of my mentality and of my healing and of my growth. Those who I found were not, I unfollowed. And yes, that was really hard because I obviously like those creators, but if they made me feel bad about myself, even if it wasn't intentional by any means, if just for some reason I did not feel comfortable with their content and it made me 
get back into the bad thoughts that I had about myself. It made me think bad about myself, Any anything, like any sort of negative thought. I just unfollowed it and I moved on and that helped me tremendously and I started to follow people that represented a diverse range of body types. It really helped me recognize that women are diverse, our bodies are diverse, we are not meant to be this ideal that society portrays, that magazines and social media portrays or praises even. We are meant to be how we are and we fight against that because society tells us that this kind of appearance, this kind of look, this kind of body shape is what's beautiful when every single body, every single look, every single face is beautiful. Like it doesn't matter if you are a size 8 or if you are a size 16, if you are size 20, if you are size 0, if you are size 4, it doesn't matter what size you are, what size clothes, like that's just fabric, that is just material that wraps around your body, that's all it is. And that number is just a number. It doesn't matter how much you weigh, whether that be 160 pounds or 100 pounds or 90 pounds or 250 pounds. It doesn't matter. Every single body and every single weight, every single size is beautiful. And it's about time that society starts to represent that, that we see that on social media and on magazines and in ads everywhere. Like we need to see that representation. And unfortunately, society has neglected that for a really long time but we are starting to see change and my first introduction to that was through the body positivity movement which I think is an absolutely incredible movement I think it is really great I think it's much needed however I struggle to connect with it of course obviously body positivity is simply just being positive about all body types embracing all body types which I am 100% here for I literally believe every single body, if you are male, female, non-binary, transgender, whatever, is beautiful because it's who we are. It is our home, our vessel, and it's beautiful as we are because we're all unique. And I think that's amazing. I think that's incredible. But I just could not see myself in the body positivity movement. And also within body positivity too, there is a self-love movement, which again, I think is incredible. We should love ourselves, but I was not and still am not entirely in the space to fully love myself as what I saw portrayed in the self-love movement. My relationship with my body is tumultuous. That's how I define it. And I, not to be negative or anything, but I believe that it always will be that way because I have some really deeply ingrained history and beliefs that I am still working through today. While my relationship with my body is a lot better than it once was, I still deal with not feeling comfortable in my skin and still feeling insecure and not liking how I look in the mirror. There are days where I wake up and I look at myself and I don't feel happy at all that I start having those negative thoughts and beliefs start creeping in, but have fortunately the practices to start rewinding that and observing them and really trying to prevent any negative habits or old beliefs, etc. from creeping in even further and affecting me. My relationship will always be a tidal wave. It'll always be coming and going and up and down, rocky like a sea. And that's okay to me. That is okay because that's just me. That's how I deal with it. And that's that's my relationship with my body. I struggled for a really long time, though, to feel like I deserved to respect my body and to appreciate it, even when I didn't love it entirely, until I found out about body neutrality. I stumbled upon it one day on the internet 
I don't know how. It was honestly probably through Pinterest. And it genuinely changed my life and my relationship with my body and how I viewed my body because rather than placing heavy emphasis on loving all aspects of your body physically and obviously in what it does like body positivity does and self-love does, rather than placing heavy emphasis on loving all aspects of your body physically and in what it does, what I loved about body neutrality is that it instead places the focus on appreciating what your body does for you rather than how it looks. It's the philosophy that your body doesn't have to look good to be good. And even then, you know, what is good? It's such a subjective term. What is beautiful? It is all subjective. It is all dependent upon our personal opinions and obviously what influences us as we grow up to define that. With body neutrality, though, I don't have to fully love my body or I don't feel inclined to fully love my body to appreciate what it does. Our bodies are our homes. We should treat them with care and with compassion. And even in times when we don't exactly like what we see in the mirror, we should still thank it for allowing us to dance, to sing, to hug the ones we love, to be able to talk and to listen so that we can learn and appreciate the stories of others, to be able to connect with others through talking and through speech, through writing, to be able to document our experiences all of this to allow us to walk and experience the world around us. Our bodies hold us up in hardships. They allow us to read, to kiss the ones that we love so dearly. They do so much for us, even in times that we hate them. And yes, it is a learning curve. Yes, it takes time, but we should have constant appreciation for our body, even in the days that we don't exactly appreciate how it looks. Like I said, it's taken me a really, really long time to get to where I am. It's taken a lot of work, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of journaling, a lot of therapy, a lot of conversations and just talking. I still struggle immensely with body dysmorphia and fighting against the ingrained belief that I need to look a certain way in order to be beautiful, in order to feel worthy enough for the appreciation of others, to feel worthy enough to achieve what I have to feel worthy enough to feel confident in my body. Beauty is diverse, it is subjective, and it is unique. I've personally found a lot of comfort in spirituality. I know that some people don't, but I have, and that's taught me how to view my body as a vessel that I experience life through, the home that I am to furnish and to look after through movement and nourishment. I've been able to find habits and routines that really help ground me in my body to help appreciate my body every day. It's taken a lot of work and a lot of time to shift my mindset towards exercise and working out to be one that's more geared towards how I feel rather than how I look or how it's going to make me look. The same thing goes with food. I have changed it from being focused on how many calories is this, what does it contain to, is this going to nourish me, what energy will this bring me, And I've started to just change my focus from being so centralized on how I look to how do I feel and to listening to my body. And through that, I've created a really great relationship with my body that, again, I am still working on, but I've made so much progress. And if you are listening to this and you are having a hard time right now with how you look and are having just generally a hard time with your body... Know that there is so much potential and there are so many opportunities for growth and expansion 
and that your relationship with your body will not always be like this. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes thought, but in the end it is all worth it. I've also found a wealth of empowerment in conversation with others on the topic. We may feel alone in our experiences, but there really are thousands of others who share a similar story and when we speak up about it and our hardships, that is where we can find empowerment and we can find connection. You are never alone in what you're experiencing ever, even in your hardships with your body. I mean, we see that with the body positivity movement. If we're going to use that, that's it's there. It is very prevalent on social media. There are so many creators out there that have gone to speak up about it. And I am so proud of how things are going right now. I'm so proud of all the changes and all the efforts that are being made because they are necessary. We need to have these conversations. If you are able to talk to a friend about the hardships that you're experiencing, if you feel comfortable enough to open up on that kind of topic, I promise you, you will probably be surprised at the fact that they feel the same way. Everyone, regardless of gender, has experienced hardships with their body. We are taught from a really young, impressionable age that beauty looks a certain way that men and women non-binary people too are supposed to appear a certain way that a certain physical shape and body type is what's attractive what's appealing and frankly that is not true it is not a true representation of what america looks like of what the world looks like of what men and women and non-binary folk look like beauty is in diversity it is in a range of body types. It is a range of appearances. There is no one singular appearance or body type that is beauty. And the conversations that we are having are starting to embrace that and starting to also hold brands and companies accountable to who they are representing on their ads and on their company websites, etc. You are worth so much and you are so beautiful. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. I think that you're beautiful. Even if I haven't met you, I think you are stunning because our true worth lies in our souls. Our bodies, yes, they are amazing, but they are not all of us. And I think we forget that a lot. You are so much more than your body. If we can create the space that is needed for ourselves and for our imperfections, then I believe that we can be one step closer to feeling more comfortable in our bodies at all stages of life. Our bodies will ebb and flow. We're going to age. Things are going to change. And that's taken me a really long time to get comfortable with. There are stages where you're going to gain weight or where you're going to lose weight. And that just happens. And that can be really, really difficult. But make space for that. Make space for your body. Make space for the changes. And don't define your entire worth to your physical appearance because you are so much more. I hope that you found wealth in this conversation. I hope that it was enriching. I hope that if you are going through similar struggles that you found some solitude in this because you aren't alone and you should also recognize that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and that life is so much more than just how you look. We have to live in the present. We have to just live. And if we allow ourselves to be limited by something as physical as our body, which is such a minuscule detail in life and in reality, then how are we ever going to truly live? Treat your body with love. Treat your body with respect. Feed it food that makes you feel 
energized and makes you feel alive. Go outside on a walk. Move your body in some way that fills it with energy, that makes it feel loved and respected. And just thank yourself because you've done a lot. You have gotten so far and you should be really proud of yourself and any sort of effort that you've made, whether that be reaching out to a friend or making yourself a whole food meal, making yourself a nice bath and moisturizing your skin or going on a walk, anything. Treat your body with love and with respect. I love you all. Until next time, take care. I'll talk to you soon.